Well, welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast on liturgy, sacraments, and the great tradition of Christian worship and why it is vital in our world today. I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I am here, as always, with Father Stephen Gauthier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Great to be back, Alex. Uh, Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America. And uh, today, Father Stephen, I wanted to do our third gospel. It's the Gospel of Luke. Great. Um, so let's jump right in like we've done the other ones. Um, first of all, uh, who's the author of this gospel, and what's the major themes that we're dealing with? Well, actually, I'm going to back up a little bit, maybe, in this sense okay. that it's not just the Gospel of Luke. Luke is actually the first of a two-part work. Mm. Acts of the Apostles really is the other half. Okay. So I think we really need to look at those two pieces. So okay, Luke so is volume one, Acts of, volume two. Exactly okay. right. And also what Luke was, Luke was a very close companion of Paul. And one thing that's interesting here is he wasn't one of the apostles. And um, that's going to really have an effect on the kind of information we have. So, for example, we have the tradition that Matthew, as an apostle, and Mark uh, was connected with, with Peter. It was mm-hmm. probably Peter's retelling. And John, of course, uh, close to Jesus. So we, what we have here is Luke didn't have that direct because Paul wasn't an eyewitness to Jesus' regular life. He's a witness to the re- resurrected Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Luke tells us at the beginning of his gospel, I really went out and talked to everybody. I really got the information. And so we have a treasure trove of information that would otherwise not be available. For example, how will we know about the Annunciation to Mary? How will we know that on Christmas, that, that first Christmas, anything about it, let alone personal things like she pondered all these things in her heart. Hmm. about finding Jesus in the temple. Well, Mary is probably, he mentioned the fact Mary was in the room with the apostles on Pentecost. So he probably talked to Mary. Okay. And so we have those kind of uh, a rich uh, resource there. So Luke is kind of acting like a journalist here. He's gathering sources right. and, mm-hmm. and telling the story through those, those, those witnesses. Right. He truly comes very much from a Greek perspective. You know, uh, that's why it's inf- emphasis on the on the nations and Acts of the Apostles, too. Mm-hmm. So what's the major, if, if you could sum up the main theme of, I guess, Luke and Acts, um, what's, the, what's the thematic contact that we're talking about here? Well, that's really interesting because, you put it this way, I think we have maybe another context, well, it bears repeating, is Luke's gospel is written a few decades after our Lord ascended to heaven, mm-hmm. and we know he's coming back. But the question is, okay, first of all, what's our relationship while we're waiting exactly? Is we're just looking back at the Lord Jesus? Um, mm-hmm. It's a great man that we... Great man, or we're trying to remember these things. How does it work? And another thing was, what about this Jewish thing? Mm, yeah. Did it just not work out and the God started over? covenant and everything, is that all washed or what? How do we see the consistency? A real question of consistency. How do we... How do we see the consistency with the Old Testament mm-hmm. and, the, and the gospel of Jesus Christ? Mm. And how do we see the consistency between that's when he was here and now we're here? What's the, what's the connector? Yeah. And the connector, Luke tells us, a vital point of our faith is the Holy Spirit. Mm. See, the Holy Spirit spoke to the prophets. The Old Testament is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the same spirit. Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit, at the beginning of the book of Acts, descends upon the church and fills the church. It's sort of interesting. People said if you made a play of the book of Acts of the Apostles and you put the list of, of characters, you know, there at the beginning of your play, the first one would have to be the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, okay. He's constantly leading people. Uh, this, you know, he's a, he's a very active actor, player sure. in this. So that that's our, our point of continuity is the is the is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So you mentioned that uh, because of how Luke was sourcing things, that we have some some stories in Luke that we don't get in any of the other Gospels. What, which ones are you talking about? Wow, we would be deprived without them. Yeah. That's why they all uh, beautifully complement each other. In Luke, imagine the tale of the Good Samaritan. It's only in Luke's gospel. Mm, yeah. Remember the table, the, uh, the parable of the prodigal son. Only in Luke's gospel. Remember the story of the thief on the cross. Yeah, you know, who at the last moment, you know, turns to Jesus and said, "This day you will be with him." These are things we'd only know, let alone the Christmas story. Mm, yeah, that's true. Luke has the most complete uh, birth narrative. Well, the only birth narrative. The other tell us that Jesus was born, you know, uh-huh. but they're actually telling us any details of his birth. Other, well, Matthew talks about the fact that he he, he was born and then he had to leave to Egypt, but the actual sure. details of his actual birth, right, um, are, are are left to are left to Luke's gospel. We got a lot of information we otherwise wouldn't have. Okay, so a lot of a lot of particular information. Um, it, so within all of this uh, kind of new information, is there any anything that really pops out about about Luke's accounts? Um, how, how does he how does he approach uh, his sources? I love this one thing about that strikes that we really uh, identify with. I think in the twenty first century is the fact that women play a much more active role. Mm-hmm. I mean, the yeah. women are really stand out prominently in Luke's gospel. Uh, we've talked about Mary, but for example, even parables. Remember the parable um, of the lost sheep? Mm-hmm. Leave 99 behind, go for the one. He says, which one of you have had one of your sheep lost when to go? And he wouldn't bring it back. Well, he says, well, what woman among you who lost a coin yeah. wouldn't sweep the house? So, to so make we have sure, those kind of matching, yeah. Yeah, to so make sure that, that both men and women can identify with, with right. what he's talking about. They're very prominent in Luke's, uh, you know, we see much more prominence to women in Luke's gospel. Another thing I like a lot is, is the his emphasis on sort of Christian economics. And there's one okay. parable, I, I call them the black parables, but one of them is about an unjust steward. Uh-huh. Okay. He was stealing. Okay, and he gets caught, and he's going to have to turn in his, his, um, and his, and his job. Yeah, this is always kind of a confusing story to me. Well, I, I, think, it's, uh, I think sometimes people don't understand it. Remember, uh-huh. he, the story goes, uh, the parable is that, okay, he says, gee, what am I going to do? I'm um, too proud to beg, and I'm you know, basically not fit to work. I can't mm-hmm. dig or anything. What am I going to do for a living? So he decides to, to steal. So what he does is he writes down. People try to make that um, come up with excuses. No, there's nothing. There's no excuse to make. He's a thief. We're told he, he's unjust. Yeah, he's actually writing the wrong amounts. And- right. So it's like writing down, the, hey, you, hey, look, you owe my boss $100. I'll, write, I'll let you get pay 80 I'll mark your bill to 80 now, here's normally what happens. That's called a receivable scheme. What happens there is normally you split the difference. Saying, Alex, you owe $100 you know, to, to our friend over here. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping his records, so I will mark down that you only owe 80 if uh-huh. you'll pay me 90 You okay. get 10 I get 10 So normally how these schemes work is you take, I take my part up front. Okay. Instead, what does he do? It says, he says, wait, he lets get the whole difference. And he said, I'd rather have a favor when I need it. Okay, got it. So he he hand he forks over the 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 remainder to the person so that he can get a favor out of them. Right. It says make friends. Jesus said he said he he uh, commended the the shrewdness uh-huh. that he realized what you do with money is you build for the future yeah. instead of taking it now you build for the future things that are imperishable. Right. So he says yeah. giving to the poor and things. This is building. For, this is making friends for the future. He said make friends with wicked money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just as he made friends, he said that's what we should be doing. 
that, yeah. that point of view of economics. It's really an investment. Yeah, well, that makes sense because it was always strange to me that the you know the, the master would be praising this dishonest you know this dishonest steward. So well, that he makes is called sense. dishonest, and also what Jesus is praying, praising is his shrewdness. And he says the sons of this world. His point was exactly we act like it's complicated. He says it's not complicated. You know, regular folks here know this kind of thing. Is mm-hmm. you plan for the future? He says that's all we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. I like it with regular life. Um, Another thing I love about this is, remember, we say that God is good. We believe that. But often we say that, but we don't act like we do. Mm-hmm. So he has a wonderful, again, one of the black parables, as I call them. He has a, he has a widow uh-huh. who's coming to a judge. And she wants justice. She, you know, um, right. But he's not much interested. She can't offer him a bribe or anything. Often that would help move the mm-hmm. system along. So what they were told is that she kept wearing him down. She kept she kept bothering him right and i love he has this little speech he says look i'm an atheist he said i don't i don't you know i don't fear god or i don't care what people think but uh-huh. i gotta tell you she's wearing me out yeah <laughs> and i love this and jesus said well if we believe that this judge you know would still just because he doesn't want to be worn out why do we find hard to believe that god would care enough right maybe we can maybe we can treat god as though he's at least at as, least. as good as this guy <laughs> yeah yeah Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So, so a focus on on kind of practical everyday life that yeah. everyday folks can 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 relate to. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tell me a little bit about the uh, about the structure of the book. I'm glad you brought that up because I got to tell you, it's beautifully crafted. You know, mm-hmm. we have those readings we have at Sunday called pericopes. Simply a fancy, a Greek way of saying that the readings we choose, little it's excerpts like, right. here and there, and it's like taking a favorite scene from a movie you love. Yeah, and if you, we all have movies we really love, seen a few times, and those scenes are really special to us because we know the characters, we know where it comes in, and so mm-hmm. when we see the scene, it all comes back to us. But we might have a friend we just show on the CD, hey, I love this scene, who's never seen the movie, yeah. and they might say it's good, but they won't have the same impression we do. Right. And so if there's ever a gospel that you really want to read in sequence, it would be Luke's gospel because okay. Luke does a wonderful job placing things in an order that tells us more than we ever thought. Okay. Let me give you just two examples. Sure. The first one I like is the terrible, remember the, the rich young man, mm-hmm. he comes to Jesus and he wants to know what he needs to do to be saved. And right. he's told, well, give what you have. He's invited to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Imagine that the church is named after him. He could be a, he's invited to follow Jesus. Yeah. Instead, he said he was very rich. He's very rich. So what does he do? He goes, goes away sad. sad. Mm-hmm. It's a terribly sad parable. If you're like me, why don't you ask, gee, what would have happened if he had said yes? Yeah. Well, Luke gives us the answer. In the next chapter, he also talks about somebody else who is very rich, Zacchaeus. Oh, yeah. And that's not accidental. Here in this time, instead of the riches holding him back, Zacchaeus, Jesus says, hey, come down uh-huh. and have lunch at your place. He comes down and before being, not being asked for anything, he uh-huh. says he came down with joy instead of slithering off sadly. He comes down with joy and he says, look, I've cheated people. I'm going to pay them back four times. That was what was required by the Torah. Yeah. But then he says, more than that, everything left, I'll give half of it to the poor. Yeah. Not yeah. even Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. So we have the answer, gee, what would happen uh, yeah. if instead we looked upon this as a, as a glorious invitation instead of a burden? Mm, mm. Luke gives us yeah. the answer by putting those two together. Oh, that's fascinating. But there's yeah. an even better one. I think a lot of people misunderstand, maybe a good place for us in our time to, to finish, but mm-hmm. the, the parable of the prodigal son, everyone likes the, par- the prodigal son. Yeah, yeah. But actually, it's not the prodigal son's interesting, is, but he's not the main character. And how do we know that? Well, look at the context. At the beginning, what happens here, at the beginning of our, our chapter 15, 
as it said, tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. You know, one of the constant things that, that um, church people with quotation marks have is they sort of resent <laughs> yeah, yeah. Resent well, other people this way. These God's folks that haven't, haven't earned anything and are, are coming here, yeah. Right, they resent that. Uh, remember, Matthew has a parable like that. Remember, there are people who are, are hired at different times during the day. Mm-hmm. And the ones that were hired first resent the ones that come yeah, later. and they resent it. Well, here's what, what Luke does. He gives us three parables to answer that question. That's, it. That's the context. The first one, he says, what man among you? If he had if he had a hundred sheep and lost lost one, wouldn't go after the sheep. Now notice something: people often misunderstand this parable. Sheep were very expensive, mm. so we often think, "Oh, isn't that sweet? You know, why bother?" Yeah, I was always sort of. It, it was always explained to me as though, "Well, oh, well, th- this guy has ninety nine other sheep to his name, but oh, he just he cares about the one sheep so much that he's willing to leave the ninety nine and go out because he loves that sheep so much." Well, that's true, but. Frankly, it's much more practical. It's saying, he said, what? Is there anybody here who wouldn't do this? It's like this, Alex. Imagine we're in one of those big parking lots in one of our shopping centers here. We have some big ones in here, like uh, uh-huh. Oakbrook or something. Uh-huh. And you forgot where you parked the car. Yeah, that's happened to me once. I forgot where I parked my car in Soldier Jesus Field. Jesus could say, what man who forgets where he parked his car wouldn't go and find it? And so he said, <laughs> instead of, oh, well, I guess I'll buy another car. That's true. I, I walked around for over an hour until I found it because I could not get another car that needed, needed to get it. But the Lord's <laughs> point in this case, now we, for, we don't want to mix this with the good shepherd and John was talking about laying down his life for the sheep. Sure. But here his point, this is something anyone knows. Sheep are valuable. Mm. You can't leave a sheep like that. Of course you would go and you would, every sheep Yeah, because if you're a shepherd, that's your livelihood. Right? 99, don't take up the fact you lost one. Mm-hmm. Then he follows it immediately by another parable. He said, what woman here, if she lost one of 10 coins, wouldn't sweep the house to find the coin? Mm. And in each case, what do they do when they find the sheep or the coin? They invite everybody in for a party and they rejoiced. Yeah. So we worked up. We have, okay, we have a sheep. That's expensive. Yeah, people, of course you have to go find the sheep. You got to find your car. Well, of course, if you had a gold coin or something, you're, gonna, you're, you're not going to say, oh, gee, I guess I'll just forget about it. You're going to find it. Sure. So he said, okay, let's up the ante here. What a man who had his son, a human being. Mm-hmm. This is the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. And the interesting here, again, our main character in the prodigal, so this is really answering the question. It's nice that the prodigal uh, son receives the forgiveness, but it's really the reaction of the older brother is the main point of the parable. Hmm. Remember, what's his reaction? We said, what was the natural reaction with the sheep? They rejoiced. Yeah. What about the coin? They rejoiced. What's his action? There's a party going and he comes home and when he hears about it, he won't even enter. The, 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 young, has, the, young, the older brother. The older brother enter. is so resentful. Uh-huh. He won't even enter. The father goes out and begs him to come in. Mm-hmm. And talk about having father issues. Yeah. We talk about the younger. Like He says, all these years I've worked for you, you never did anything. Yeah. You know, we really realized the problem was he felt put upon, etc. That's the real issue. Okay. <laughs> and this is what they were, the Pharisees. So it all starts out with, you resent sinners. You resent my being with sinners and tax collectors and things. But that's not how God sees things. Mm. And we can all understand a sheep. And we can all understand a coin because they're expensive. Mm. What about a human being? Yeah. And that was the son who said, this son of yours. And he said, but this brother of yours. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's our message. So the beauty of it, of course, the prodigal son's repentance is something that gives us, gives us hope. The father was waiting for him. Mm-hmm. But the actual main, we don't want to lose the main thing. Because for so many of us, that's a real problem. Yeah. We sometimes really resent God's generosity. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to do. 
for others. It can yeah. be envious. Now that's true. So really, this is the it's the par- parable of the envious brother. Yes, really. Oh, that's fascinating. You know, it's funny. I think this way is he found it hard for the younger brother who sold out his share of the estate. Um, by the way, in the in the Mitchell East, you you didn't own your property that way in the sense that. Uh, you couldn't give your money to somebody else. Like here, somebody can die and leave their money to their cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your children have a right to a portion. Mm-hmm. The young, what the younger brother did is he, he had a buyout. Okay. He said, give me my, I'm going to buy out my share. Sure. Now, I love this about the resentful older brother. His only claim to fame is he happened to have been born first, and yet he gets a double portion. That didn't bother his sense of justice, you'll notice. Mm, yes, I see. Okay. That wasn't a problem. <laughs> but the father's generosity, the younger son, was a problem. Uh, all right. No, that makes that, that makes it clear then. Wow. Man, well, great reason to read through the Gospel of Luke uh, in sequence. Yeah. No one will be disappointed. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Father Stephen. Uh, That's all the time we have for today's episode. Uh, And thank you so much for listening to Word and Table. We'll be back next week with more on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship. Thanks for listening. Mm